Hey! Honor you. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad you are here. Welcome to New Hope. If you are a guest or you're from out of town visiting some New Hopers, uh, my name is Benji. I get the awesome privilege to serve as one of the pastors around here. And we're just thrilled that you are here. We know time is precious and sacred. And for you to give us some of your time, we do not take that lightly. And we trust and hope and pray that by the time you walk out of here today, you say, you know what? That was a good hour. That was a good hour, hour and 15 minutes worth my time. Hey, we are one church in many locations, so can you help me welcome all of the campuses? I'm talking about Wake Forest with Pastor Keith and Katie. I'm talking about Columbia Campus with Pastor Jesse and Shelly. I'm talking about Hillsboro, Pastor Mike and Rebecca. I'm talking about the Sanford Campus, Pastor Josh and Brittany. Kenya Campus, Pastor Peter and Susan. And the Garner Campus, our oldest campus besides New Hope Durham, Pastor Derek and Cindy. Come on, give it up at all the campuses. Celebrate the movement. So glad you guys are here. Uh, I just want to let you know on the front end, all joking aside, um, there will be no camel in church this year. <laughs> let the church say praise the Lord. You don't know what we're talking about. You should know that last year I brought a legit camel on the stage. I'm talking about a camel. The, his head was way up there, and uh, he kind of got carried away. He, he didn't like the big crowd. And uh, so he pulled his owner, and his owner came sliding across the stage, and then the camel was backing up because he didn't, he didn't want to face the crowd. I feel that way sometimes too, by the way. <laughs> Just kidding. He didn't want to face the crowd, and so he backed up, and the camel fell off the stage. Oh, it was insane. Thank the Lord nobody got hurt. This crowd here just scattered. <laughs> Church service was over, man. It was done. I just dismissed the people. And uh, a lady came running up to me in the mall, mall just yesterday, and uh, no, two days ago, and she said, Pastor Benji, tell me you're going to bring another camel on the stage. I said, no, I'm not. Never again will I ever, ever, ever put a camel on the stage. She said, all right then, but I'm going to be disappointed if you don't at least have some reindeer on the stage. <laughs> Y'all see what I got to put up with? Come on. None of that this year, but we are going to have a good day. I'm so glad you're here. We just sang an amazing worship song. You remember what it was about? The Waymaker. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but in between the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, and the New Testament, the Greek New Testament, there was a period of about 600 years where scholars say it was the darkest era in the history of humanity. Scholars call it the silent era or the dark era because God was not moving. God was not speaking. Prophets were not preaching. They didn't hear from God. It was dark, but all the while, as we just sang, even though they couldn't see it, come on, even though they couldn't feel it, God was moving. And at just the right time, in fact, the Bible puts it like this, in the fullness of time, God moved and sent forth Jesus, which is why we are here today at all of our campuses. Amen? 
I want you to just look at a passage of scripture with me for just a moment. It's from Galatians chapter four. We're gonna get to the Christmas story, don't worry. But Galatians chapter four, verses four and five, out loud, all of us together, like it is the word of the Lord. I wanna hear you from the campuses. Ready, go. But in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. In the fullness of time, that phrase actually means when the time was just right, when the time was ripe, if you will, when everything was in place and God decided the time was now, he sent forth Jesus. Did you get that other part? To receive adoption to sonship. When you study that phrase, adoption to sonship, in the Greek, it's a legal term referring to adoption, a lot like we would have in America, but maybe even a little more robust back then. It was full adoption into a Roman family, all legal issues binding the child is adopted into the family of God. In God's household, there is room for everyone. Can I get an amen? Which causes me to actually pause for just a moment and notice all the children. I love our Christmas celebrations every year because we have our children, our, our, our young people in the services with us. Can we let them know how glad we are to have them in here? And if you're a young person, listen in. All children, all children, regardless of socioeconomic level, regardless of skin color, regardless of anything, all children are invited into the family of God. And throughout history, God had been whispering. God had been promising. God had been suggesting through the prophets that when the time was right, he was going to make a way. He was going to send his son, Jesus, so that we could experience salvation. And then it happened 2,000 years ago. Luke chapter two, the Christmas story, fully endorsed by Charlie Brown. Can I get an amen? <laughs> this is the version they read. Would you stand in honor of God's word today? Luke chapter two, verses one through 14, if you wanna follow along with me in your Bible or your tablets or whatever the case may be. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came. Remember, in the fullness of time. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Verse eight, 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born, who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The word of God for you, for me, for us, the people of God, amen? And I pray that his peace and his favor will rest on you this season. You may be seated. So there's nothing quite like the beauty of the Christmas story, nothing quite like it. I mean, just think about it for a moment. Everyone loves, or most everyone loves, even if you're not a kid kind of person, most people love the birth of a baby. Agreed? I mean, there's something sweet about a baby. And again, if you're like, I don't ever wanna have a kid, and I get that, but if you've ever been around a sweet newborn baby, there's something precious about that. Everybody loves that. It's why, it's why the church crowds tend to kind of explode at Christmas time. On the other end of his life, everybody likes a resurrected Christ. Everybody likes a victorious God who promises me since he defeated death, if I put my faith and trust and hope in him, I am too going to live forever in a place called heaven. Everybody likes that. It's why, like I said, Christmas and Easter, a lot more worship celebrations, a lot more people. But today, if it's okay with you, today what I wanna do is actually stop in the middle of that, if you will, or should I say toward the end of his life, and I actually want to look at something that maybe you've never actually considered at Christmas time, because I believe we do a massive disservice to the gospel of Jesus Christ, particularly on Christmas, if all we do is look at a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, and so I asked my team, I'm like, hey, I knew we were gonna have a manger. I said, I wonder, if, I wonder if we could have a cross that would just actually land towards the top of the manger. And likewise with this team, because they are awesome like that, they made it happen. Can we give them some love for it? You see, the problem with many Christians in America, again, is, is we, 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 we go to church on Christmas and we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and then we might go to church some sporadically throughout the year, but then we bounce up like bunnies on Easter and we celebrate a resurrected Christ, but we never, ever focus in on the paradigmatic, quintessential event that took place in the life of Jesus Christ, the fact that he died on a cross, and without that... Christmas doesn't mean that much. And without that, follow me here for a moment, there would be no need for a resurrection. 
So what I want to do today is I just want to talk to you about two things that the Lord has laid on my heart this Christmas season. Take out your teaching notes or write in your Bible in the margins of Luke chapter 2, however you want to do that. Here's the first thing that, that I believe Christmas teaches us if we look at the broader biblical narrative. Jesus offers you a pardon for your past. In fact, why don't you read that with me out loud, all of our campuses ready, go. Jesus offers you a pardon for your past. So it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. I don't know if you ever heard it put like this, but the truth is the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We have a tendency to rank sin. We have a tendency to judge sin. And have you ever noticed that we tend to judge other people's sin more harsh than we judge ourselves? Mm-hmm. We do, and we, we, tend to, we tend to rank them, but the truth is sin is sin. And if there's something that you can just take comfort in the fact that we have all in common, every single one of us, we have this in common. We are all sinners. And you might be like, well, I don't like somebody calling me a sinner. Well, I'm sorry. I'm glad you're here. But you are a sinner, and, and, and if, you, if you want to disagree and you're like, no, 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 well, I do not sin, I want to make a deal with you. I want to go to lunch with you, and if you go to another campus, the campus pastor wants to go to lunch with you. It's on us because we've never been around someone like you. Right? right? Come on. The Bible says we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of what Jesus did on the cross for you is that it doesn't matter what you've done. Maybe, maybe you are, are feeling guilty this year because you worked way more than you should and you feel like you've neglected your family. Maybe you're feeling guilty because your marriage fell through the cracks. Maybe you're feeling guilty because you've taken credit for something that you didn't, did, didn't do. Maybe you're feeling guilty because you've actually stolen something. I don't know. We all have our stuff. But the beauty of the gospel when a person locks into Jesus Christ and receives the Christmas gift of Jesus, that that alienation that you feel due to your sin can actually be reconciled with Almighty God. To which you might say, well, give me a verse. What are you talking about? Look at Colossians 1, 21 through 22. You read the last passage so well. Come on, let's read this one out loud together. Colossians chapter 1, 21 and 22. Ready, go. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through, through what? To present you, oh, get, get you some of this. To present you what? Holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So very simply put, your sin, whenever it was the last time you sinned, some of you sinned in the parking lot on your way in, right? <laughs> some of you might sin on your way out with Christmas crowds, right? None of that in our parking lot, come on. But whatever it is, your sin is just as bad and guilty as my sin, and God is holy, I am not. So therefore, my sin alienates me from God. But the beauty is, when you look at the manger through the cross of Jesus Christ, 
And you received not only the birth of a baby, the God-man, fully God, fully man, son of man, son of God. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his what? One and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When you put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus, not just in a manger and not just resurrected from a tomb, but crucified on a cross, where he paid your sin debt and mine. The Bible says that we're no longer alienated from God, but we are reconciled back to almighty God. Jesus Christ came to pardon whatever sin you've brought into this Place. I put it like this in my notes. I don't even know if it's on the teaching notes, but you want to write this down. Christmas is the day forgiveness was born. Christmas is the day forgiveness was born. To which some of you, right about now, this is, this is how I know your mind works. Some of you are thinking, well, pastor, if that's true, that he's come to pardon me and Anything I do, I'm pardoned. Well, I might as well just live however I want to live. I can't wait to get out of here tonight, Pastor, and go do whatever I want to do. No, 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 no. It's whoever receives and follows him. This is point number two. The first one is Jesus offers you a pardon for your past. Here's the second one. Jesus offers you a purpose for your future. Jesus offers you what? A purpose for your future. He gives us purpose in life, a reason to be here. And living a Christian life can be a daunting task. But the good news of the gospel is that the Holy Spirit of God will come in and give us the power that we need to live our lives for him. Colossians 1, 27. We read some of Colossians earlier, but let's read verse 27. Ready? All of our campuses, go. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Get you some of this. Which is Christ in you the hope of glory. So when you become a Christian, when you bow at a manger scene, and you look at a manger scene through the lens, if you will, of a cross, or you look to the backdrop of a blood-stained cross, you actually come to realize that Christ invites you in him, and he actually comes into you. It's one of the grand mysteries of the Christian faith. Listen to me. You give Jesus your heart, and he gives you the Holy Spirit in your life. Any witnesses here that have the Holy Spirit alive in your life? Come on now. We can sometimes take it for granted, but, but the Bible says, that God has chosen us, he's chosen you to make known the glorious riches of his gospel, which is, and here it is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the gospel doesn't give us a, a, a pass or permission to go and live however we want to live. No, 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 no. The gospel, once it gets inside of you, 
and the Holy Spirit gets inside of you, then he starts to do his work in your life. The hope of glory is lived out in and through you. Can I ask you a sincere, heartfelt question? What is, what is your vision for your life in 2020? It's a very significant decade we're about to step into. We're stepping into a decade. We're stepping, in, stepping into the year 2020. What, what is your vision? for your? Do, do you have one? I know you're busy. You're trying to get to work. You're trying to pay bills. You're trying to get kids here. And there. I get it. I live in the same world you do. But Christmas, Christmas comes along, I believe, and invites us to dream again. This is why kids love Christmas. And this, is, this is why we love to be around kids at Christmas because they just dream. What are your dreams for your life in 2020? You're like, I don't have time to dream, man. I'm just too anxious and stressed out. I know I get it. Which is why, by the way, I'm starting a series on January 5th. Get you some of this. Anxious for nothing. That's, that's the series title. And guess what? It's not original. I didn't come up with it. Do you know that the Bible says be anxious for nothing? Now, doesn't that sound refreshing? Doesn't that sound like something that you want to experience? Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, make your requests and petitions known to God Almighty, and the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Anxious for nothing. Then we're going to be doing, maybe you're a married person, then we're going to be doing this marriage conference called the XO Marriage Conference. Oh, I wonder if you could start to lean in and let God give you a 2020 vision for your marriage. One thing I know for sure is that the holidays have a way of causing us to be extra stressed out with our spouses. Maybe 2020 could help you in that area. And then we're going to be doing a series on parenting. If I know anything, parenting can cause us to be stressed out. We're going to do a parenting series called Parental Guidance Required. Regardless of whether you're single or married, regardless of whether you're anxious or not, I just wonder if this Christmas story could do more than just be a little beep on the radar screen for you and you just go home and you carry on as usual. I wonder, I wonder if it could impact your 2020 and beyond. Two things that I just wanted you to see Christmas 2019 is that the manger does not stand in isolation. It actually stands against the backdrop of a cross. And there Jesus offers you a pardon for your what, church? For your past. And he offers you a purpose for your future. That is the gospel good news of Christmas. That is why Jesus was born. And if you stop to think recently, why was it that Jesus was born in a manger? It's in the story. It's not a trick question. Remember, the innkeeper said there was no room for him in the inn. And the truth is, for 2,000 years now, 
Some people have been making room for him. Come on in, Jesus. Come on in. I need pardon for my past. Come on in, Jesus. I need help figuring out my purpose. Just come on in. But the truth is, like the innkeeper 2,000 years ago, many folks still don't make room for him. One story and I'm done. I grew up in a small town, Sumter, South Carolina, um, and I heard this story growing up as a local story. Uh, cannot tell whether it was uh, exactly happened in my hometown or not, but the story goes like this. There was a, a family and a, a kid, uh, his dad taught him how to, to do woodwork. And the kid got busy on making a sailboat, and his dad helped him a little bit, but the kid mostly made the sailboat by himself. He spent months working on this sailboat, sanding it, painting it, getting the sail just right. Finally, the day came for the inaugural voyage, if you will, and the little kid ran down to a neighborhood pond. And as he got down to the pond, he, he put the sailboat in the water, and he had a string kind of attached to his to his hand and, and the sailboat didn't really take off at first and, and then all of a sudden the boy said well you know maybe I'll give it a little help and he went Whoosh! and all of a sudden the, the wind caught the sail and the sailboat took off but unfortunately the string that was around his wrist came undone and so he watched in, in, in disappointment as you might imagine as his sailboat that he had spent months working on took off across this neighborhood pond he couldn't get it, so he went home upset, sad. Story has it that a few weeks later, he's walking through his little hometown, Main Street, and he comes across an, one of those old school pharmacy stores, you know, where they had the pharmacist in the back, and, and they got the milkshakes and the bar and all that and the food. And he looks up in the window of that old drugstore, and there he saw his sailboat up in the window. The little kid didn't hesitate. He ran in. He said, that's my sailboat. <laughs> that's my sailboat. And the pharmacist came around the counter and said, son, I, I don't know about that. All I know is that someone brought it in here last week and I bought that sailboat. And son, if you want it, you're gonna have to buy it. Little kid turned around and ran out of the store, went home, emptied out his piggy bank, got all his money together, ran back up to the drugstore, ran in there, threw his money on the counter, gave him the price. They handed the boy the sailboat, and he, he ran out toward Main Street, and he held a sailboat in his hand. He goes, it's mine. It's mine. I made it, and now I bought it. <laughs> the message of Christmas is that God is looking at every single one of you tonight. And he's wanting you to understand that he made you. He formed you in your mother's womb. Not only did he make you, he bought you. He bought you when he spread wide his arms and died on a cross for you. That is what Christmas is all about. There on that cross, he offers you a pardon for your past and a purpose for your future. Pray with me, please. 
Father God, I wanna thank you for the gift of Christmas. God, thank you that it is so much more than a manger and a baby. But oh God, that baby was your son, the sinless son of God, who not only showed us how to live, he showed us how to die, and there he shed his pardoning blood for my redemption and the forgiveness of my sins. And oh God, if that weren't enough, thank you for giving us a purpose, a reason for which to live. Father God, I pray for every single person within the sound of my voice at any of our campuses or those watching online, may they be brought to humility. May they be brought to all of that kind of love divine. Maybe you're here and the truth is you've never understood Christmas in this kind of way. Maybe you're here and you know that the darkness of your struggles and your regrets and your shortcomings, your sins have truly alienated you from God. Maybe you're here and on top of that, you just need God to help you figure out what is my purpose? Why am I here? Oh, friend, Christmas rolls around year after year and it beckons you, it calls you, it invites you to humble yourself before a manger, to receive the greatest Christmas gift ever given. It's the gospel of Jesus. It's good news that your past can be redeemed, pardoned, forgiven, and your future can be filled with purpose, filled with hope. If you're here today and you just wanna receive that, I'm gonna ask you to do something bold in this moment. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. Raising your hand does not save you, but it is your way of lifting your hands towards heaven and saying, God, I need you. God, not only do I need you, I receive you. Christmas 2019. One, God made you in your mother's womb. Two, Jesus Christ died on a cross that your sins might be forgiven forever. And three, he wants to infuse within you the power of the Holy Spirit to set the trajectory of your life on purpose for him. Just raise your hand right where you are. Just raise them up. I want to pray for you. Lift them up. Wow. Hold them up high at all of our campuses. Hold them up high. Too many here just to count. It's a lot of, keep them up. Just hold, all heads are bowed, eyes are closed, but praise God for you. You can look at me if you want. I'd love to make eye contact with you, but you don't have to. Again, nothing saves you but the gospel right now. Praise God. God, praise God. 
with, with your hands up, why don't you just pray this prayer, simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need you to be my savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for the pardon. But oh God, would you please give me a purpose for the future. Take control of my life. Lead me and I will follow you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hey, if, if you just raised your hand, I just want you to know that this family wants to say to you, we love you and welcome home. Amen, church. <laughs> welcome home.